When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, holy cow, we are going to talk about one of those success stories. We're going to be speaking with Brian Clayton about his company and how he started it from scratch and how it is now this absolutely phenomenal service that he provides and you know the bumps the hiccups and all the positives along the way so please join me in welcoming Brian Clayton to our program today welcome Brian Deb thanks for having me on it's great to be here great well let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this so Brian Clayton is CEO and co-founder of Green Pal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. Green Pal has been called the Uber for lawn care by none other than Entrepreneur Magazine and has over 200,000 active users completing thousands of transactions per day. Holy cow, like I said, very successful. So again, Brian, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for the great introduction. That was awesome. You know, it's always fun when we hear our own bios. We're like, ooh, I like that person. <laughs> <You know>? Sounds <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I know, and it is interesting. Um, so tell us, I always like to find out from our guests how they got to where they are today and how you discovered that this is your passion in life. Yeah, yeah. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur. I've never had a job. I've always worked for myself, always had my own business, and and I guess luckily so. But uh, Green Pow is the Uber for lawn mowing. So mm -hmm. if you're a homeowner, you need to get your grass cut. Mm -hmm. Rather than calling around on Facebook or Craigslist or mm -hmm. Yelp, you can just download our app, pop in your address, and you'll have somebody who's reliable and cool. at a good price come out and mow your yard for you. I guess you could say Green Pal is like a nine-year overnight success. Mm -hmm. My two co-founders and I have been at it for almost a decade. Mm -hmm. Started off very humbly building the app from scratch mm -hmm. and getting the little marketplace going and, and mm -hmm. have launched it city by city in the United States mm -hmm. over a long period of time. And now we're nationwide in the United States where anybody, if you're in a, if you're in any city mm -hmm. in the country, you can just push a button and get somebody to come cut your grass for you. Uh, Self-funded. Self we haven't taken on any outside capital. We've kind of just built the business off of its nice. own revenues. And uh, now we're nine, 10 years in and, and, and have a good, profitable, growing mm -hmm. business doing $20, $30 million a mm -hmm. year in revenue. Right. And uh, before GreenPal, I actually had a lawn mowing business. I started mm -hmm. mowing grass when I was a teenager just mm -hmm. to make extra cash and all through high school, all through college, mowed grass to pay my way through school. And, and uh, after I graduated college, I decided, well, 
Uh, let's just see how long I can take this business, how far I can take it. And over a 15-year period of time, ended up building one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee where I live, eventually getting that business over 150 employees, mm-hmm. over $10 million a wow. year in revenue. And uh, in 2013, that business was acquired mm-hmm. uh, by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of rebooted. I went through a period right. of You're self-reflection. In the, now what the heck do I do? Yeah, so? right. Yeah, yeah. And so I had the idea for Green Pal. I was kind of solving my own problem. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I didn't know how hard it was going to be. It was kind of mm-hmm. naivete as an asset. Mm-hmm. And uh, just put my head down and my two co-founders and I went to work. And it wasn't about three or four years until we actually had something. Mm-hmm. But we never gave up. And that, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why we're here today is just perseverance and grit has got us to where we are today, where we have a good, profitable business that's growing mm-hmm. fast. Great. I love it. You know, and, and it's, it it is one of those things where you saw the need and you filled the need. Um, But I also love that it wasn't an overnight success. And I think that's one of the things that many small business owners struggle with is they think, Hey, we've got the greatest thing since sliced bread. Why aren't people just flocking to our doors? Um, So tell us about, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, it kind of took a while. What were some of the bumps along the road that you guys hit? Yeah, if you build it, they will not come. Uh, <laughs> that, that is uh, one of the things I learned uh, mm-hmm. is that you're right. You have, I was kind of solving my own problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 15 years, I ran a landscaping company. Mm-hmm. I saw it from every angle you could see it, and I saw how inefficient it was. And, and then you see what Uber and Lyft and mm-hmm. Airbnb are doing. You're like, yeah, you know what? That could exist mm-hmm. for what I know. Right. And so when I built the first version, uh, my two co-founders and I, it was crickets. We released mm-hmm. it and uh, it was it was just dead on arrival. And mm-hmm. one thing we realized was when you're building a brand new product from scratch, you're inventing mm-hmm. something brand new, you have to innovate on the problem and the solution. Mm-hmm. That's important, but mm-hmm. that's only 50% of the battle. The other mm-hmm. half of the battle is innovating on distribution, innovating mm-hmm. on marketing and innovating on how mm-hmm. the hell you're going to get customers. And mm-hmm. and so I learned that the hard way right out the gate was, wow, we spent all this time building what we think is a good product, mm-hmm. but now we have to spend just as much work or maybe even more in how we're going to market it, how mm-hmm. we're going to get the word out, how we're going to hustle up our first mm-hmm. hundred people to, to try it out. Mm-hmm. And that was very much a trial and error process. Mm-hmm. It, it was very much one where we started small and, and we just said, I thought, okay, if we can just get a hundred people to use it. And then, and then if I get a hundred, I know I can get a thousand. If I get a thousand, I know I can get Mm -hmm. 10. And that's how we got in there. We just, Mm -hmm. we, 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 we just started doing everything we could to get the word out. The first thing we did was we passed out flyers all over Nashville and, Mm -hmm. and like, like a hundred thousand of these things and and ended up getting a hundred people to use the product. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we met as many of them as we could and, Mm -hmm. and learn from their, from Mm -hmm. their feedback. And then we applied that to figure out, okay, this is how we're going to get a thousand. And this is how we're going to get 10,000 and Mm -hmm. just working our way through kind of maybe the levels of the game and little by little and celebrating the small wins is how we got to where we are today. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it's interesting because one of the things that I tell people, because I'm a marketer by, by trade, by heart, and so I always say, you know, you have to figure out who your target audience is. And you actually have two because you have the people who use the service and then you have the providers of the service, the, the, the contractors. So how do you deal with having two very different types of, of people you're trying to reach? You're right. We have two customers and we have to satisfy the desires of both at the same time. And it's challenging. And, you know, mm-hmm. anytime you're building a multi-sided marketplace mm-hmm. that connects buyers and sellers, 
it seems like it'd be a simple thing to do, but the reality is they kind of have different interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're trying to build a product that brings them together so they can, contri- they can mm-hmm. conduct business in an easier way than they could normally. <clears throat> and so that was one that we just, we just do a trial and error process, mm-hmm. trying to figure it out little by little and focus on, on just one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And so in the early days, it was kind of like it's a chicken and egg problem, and we mm-hmm. kind of we kind of faked the chicken almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the first five service providers mm-hmm. were were people that I reached out to personally, right. mm-hmm. and I developed a relationship with, mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, listen." Um, I just have, I had one of the biggest landscaping companies in Nashville and they kind of knew who I was mm-hmm. and I sold it, which doesn't happen all very often. Mm-hmm. And so the first five or 10 or 20 uh, contractors, they knew me. Right. You and, went to your buddies. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I said, Hey, listen, I'm building this thing and you know, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but mm-hmm. would you use it? Would you submit pricing when people mm-hmm. need it? Would you show up and do a good job? Yeah, sure. I'll try it out. And then in exchange, I would give them free coaching and mentoring on how to grow yeah. a landscaping Oh, okay. That was kind of how we kind of hand cranked mm-hmm. the supplier base mm-hmm. in the early days. And then that enabled my team and I to focus on just a couple of things. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do we build a product that consumers will will enjoy using, get mm-hmm. value from, and keep using? Mm-hmm. How do we figure out what their needs are and how do we solve them with technology? Mm-hmm. And then kind of like almost almost put the supplier side um on pause just for mm-hmm. maybe a year or two. And so hand cranking one side to where you could focus on the other side mm-hmm. is how we is how we did it in the early days. And then and then once we got that side okay, then we came back okay, now these are the tools that suppliers are telling us mm-hmm. they need. They need better quoting tools, they need mm-hmm. better route optimization, better scheduling. They need to get paid quicker. They need mm-hmm. they need to they need to make sure that when they show up that that the gate size is the right size and their mower mm-hmm. will fit. Like all these right. hundred problems mm-hmm. we 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 then began to get exposed to mm-hmm. and then and it's kind of ping pong back and forth solving mm-hmm. whatever the 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 biggest problems were on our plate that week. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you're building a brand new product from scratch, you're triaging. You're just mm-hmm. you know you got a you got a hundred problems, but you can only right. triage. Yeah. There's the there's you you have to figure out what your priority is. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's that's how we did it. Mm-hmm. And uh when you're self-funded, meaning you're building mm-hmm. the business off of its own revenues, it kind of like focuses you on a very simple like clarity of these are the mm-hmm. two or three things we need to focus on now, mm-hmm. nothing else. And and that kind of adage that necessity is mm-hmm. the mother of invention is mm-hmm. very real when when you're building a business and funding it off of its own revenue. So mm-hmm. that's how we did it. And and uh, it's like we didn't worry about like the million things that were wrong. We mm-hmm. just focused on one or two things at a time and tried to like pause everything else mm-hmm. and did that over and over again over a decade. And now we've got a, a good product that mm-hmm. people can just push a button and reliably get this chore done. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting because as you were talking about this, I was thinking, you know, there is another company that's very similar to what you do. It's called Amazon. Um, you know, it's it's got buyers and it has sellers and it's matching those two together, um, you know, and, and, and as you said, figuring out along the way. But, you know, they also knew start small right. and only add when you can, um, you know, and, and, and I mean, can as in should, um, not, oh my gosh, we should add, we should add, we should add. And then you get so spread out that you don't know what you're doing and, and, you know, love or hate Amazon. I mean, you know, I'm one of those people, if there's not an Amazon box in front of my door, at least once a a week, they come and they knock and they want to make sure I'm fine. Um, but you know, it's, it is, and, and I think one of the things that, people don't understand, you know, with companies like, like Amazon, like with what you do is 
it really is. There's so many small businesses that are part of it. And this is a way for them to get their product, their service out there. Um, You know, and, and especially, you know, like with, with a, a lawn care company, you know, so many of them are very, very small. I mean, I'm assuming you might have some, you know, some that you deal with that really are one or two person type of, of shops all the way up to, you know, some fairly big type of, of companies. But yeah, you know, the little guys, you know, they're they're just they're they're not even at this the spray and pray type of ma- marketing. They're right. going around putting flyers on people's mailboxes, right? Um, you know, and and so to be able to centralize this, that helps. Um, you know, and and so tell us a little bit about the process. So if I, you know, so I'm looking at your website, and I, I won't put it in as as we do this, but it, it asks for your address, and so if I type my address and then click see prices, then what? Yeah, yeah, it, that's that's exactly how it works. And and to take to your point with respect to Amazon, they got started in just books. Mm-hmm. And so if you're an entrepreneur out of the to, garage, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, if you wanna if you wanna be the next big thing, mm-hmm. you kind of have to really focus on what can I be the mm-hmm. best in the world at, and what can I really do better, ten times mm-hmm. better than anybody else, or any other way to get it done. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've done with lawn mowing services. You know, we don't want to be uh, the best way to get a house cleaner or the best right. way to get mm-hmm. a, 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 a a pool service. Mm-hmm. We're the best way that you can get a lawn care service come mow mm-hmm. your yard for you. And uh, we've learned a lot from the big guys like Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Bezos' is, is, is quote is one of my favorite quotes from him is that the thing he loves about the consumer is that they are always discontent. Mm-hmm. And and for me, like I love that because like that discontent that the consumer has is what mm-hmm. drives the innovation. And so mm-hmm. we've learned a lot from the big guys like Amazon and and, and applied it to our little thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And 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 the thing that Amazon did was they taught the masses that you can get things done and and, and solve problems through mm-hmm. an interface on a phone or a computer. Mm-hmm. And and we've kind of had to be Amazon good for mm-hmm. lawn mowing. So as a, as a homeowner, you literally, we have to re- remove all the friction between you and getting your lawn mowed. Mm-hmm. And we make it as easy as possible. You just, you come in, you put in three things, your name, your email address, and your home address. Mm-hmm. And then you start getting quotes for free from lawn mowing services nearby you that are looking at your property through aerial imagery and street mm-hmm. view imagery. And then they're reading about, okay, well, this is uh, the average lawn mowing price in this zip code. Mm-hmm. And this is how many square feet the feet the lot is. And, and this is how often they want it mowed. And mm-hmm. all of this is kind of handled in, in minutes rather than like this this normal like go mm-hmm. back and forth phone calls and voicemails right. and emails and text messages like right. all of this. So is from just- the consumer, oh my gosh, you know yeah. I'm not making those 15 phone calls. That's right. You just push a button. Now I've got mm-hmm. five quotes. Now I can read reviews, figure mm-hmm. out who I want to hire. Boom, I hire them. They come out the same day or the next day. Mow the yard for you. You get a picture of the completed work. Everything mm-hmm. looks good. You just push to pay, mm-hmm. and then you just set, push another button and set it up for the whole season for weekly ah, or every two okay. weeks. Month. So it's it's literally like we we help you with the introduction, the mm-hmm. pricing, make a good reliable hire, and mm-hmm. then you can set it up and just set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. And and like that end to end, like I don't know anybody. My grass is four feet tall. Now my grass is nice and manicured, mm-hmm. and I've got somebody to, t- to take care of this for mm-hmm. me. And it happens invisibly is what we're in the business of doing. And mm-hmm. and ninety nine percent of that magic is is below the surface. You don't mm-hmm. even see all the things that go into mm-hmm. making the magic happen, but. 
but uh, that's that's what we've gotten to in a decade. And in the early years, it was it was really really clunky. It, it mm-hmm. you know the, the the guy or gal you hired didn't always show up, or they didn't mm-hmm. always do a good job, or or they changed their price after they looked at mm-hmm. it, or you know the million things that can go wrong. We've mm-hmm. we've over time figured out okay, this is how we adjust for it. This is how we improve the product. This is how we this is how we solve that problem. And uh, little by little, have solved the hundred or a thousand things that can go mm-hmm. wrong with getting this chore done. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you mentioned you know somebody they like the service and they say okay come monthly or you know every other week or whatever it is. Then how do they change the service? So you know maybe they they say um, hey oh okay I, it's end of season I need aerated or somebody come clean up all these leaves or or something like that. Do they go then through you or do they they then at, at some point are they talking directly with the vendor? You know how does that work? Great question. So we are not in the business of becoming your lawn care service. So okay. we help you. We help you. You're kind inter- of that matchmaker. We introduce you to a to a really good service. Mm-hmm. You get that chore done, mm-hmm. and then after that, all of these other yard maintenance services mm-hmm. you're going to need. We make it really easy to hire that same contractor for okay. them too. So so if I'm the lawn mowing service you hire, mm-hmm. after I mow your yard for the first time, mm-hmm. I then have this workflow that I go through. It's like okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deb's yard. Okay. How much is it going to cost to trim her shrubs, mm-hmm. clean the gutters, seeding, mulch, mm-hmm. uh, f- keep the weeds out of the beds, all of these other services you're going to need downstream. Mm-hmm. The contractor then quotes those to you. So they're kind of like on the shelf for you, so okay. to speak, where you can then add those on to your lawn mowing mm-hmm. visits uh, as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And then we also kind of nudge you. It's like, Hey, you know, it's, it's fall. It's fall. Uh, it's time to do whatever you do to lawns in fall. <laughs> That's right. You're going to need seating and it's going to be, you know, 280 bucks. You're going to need leaf removal. It's, it's going to be 80 bucks per mm-hmm. visit. Do you want to go ahead and schedule these things? Mm-hmm. Like you can then push a button and get all those things done. Mm-hmm. The lesson we learned the hard way was to put all of these things on the front door. Mm-hmm. When you come to the homepage is a mistake because if it does right. everything, it mm-hmm. does nothing. So right. we kind of had to like get you into the workflow mm-hmm. with the routine lawn mowing. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes on, layer all these other right. yard maintenance services on. Mm-hmm. That's that's the balance that works well for mm-hmm. us. Um, it's it's like you can't be all things to all people mm-hmm. uh, right out the gate. Like right. you, you look at like- It's a, confusing. It's confusing mm-hmm. and and you're not Amazon, you're not Airbnb, mm-hmm. you're not you're not Expedia, mm-hmm. you're not this big huge thing. Mm-hmm. So you can't have a product that does a hundred different things. Mm-hmm. When you're first getting started, you have to have a product that, that is the best in the world at mm-hmm. like one or two things. And that's been our strategy. You know, mm-hmm. it, we're the easiest, fastest, cheapest way to get a reliable lawn mowing service mm-hmm. to come cut your grass nationwide in the United States. Right. You know, and, and you just said something that I think is so absolutely critical for people who are, you know, whether they're just starting out in business or have been doing it for a while, is pick a couple things and focus on those. And it's it's hard when you're the small business owner because you want to, you know, I kind of mentioned target markets, but you you want to please everybody. So you've got the people who, you know, need a little onesie twosie thing, or hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And First of all, you you want the money, but you know. Second of all, you want to please people, and so it's really hard to say. You know what? This is all that we do. Right. Um, you know, and and so you know, you you've obviously found you know uh, you know ways to to be able to do that. But if somebody asks you that question, you know how you 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 kind of answered that. But you know, if they say you know, oh, but but Brian, you know, they want me to do this and they want me to do that. And da, 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 what do you say to them? Yeah. So, so I think it's like a, uh, 
it's an it's a it's an ebb and flow. Like mm-hmm. it, it, so, let's say you have a service based business, and uh, you know you you're you're a roofing contractor, you're mm-hmm. or your home remodeling service, or your mm-hmm. home cleaning service, or or marketing agency, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is your first six months in business, or your mm-hmm. first year in business. Mm-hmm. That first year is very different. Like that level of the video mm-hmm. game is very different than level six, seven, eight, and nine. So right. in that first year, you mm-hmm. kind of do have to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. And you kind of do need to do whatever it is you can mm-hmm. do to to not have to go back to your cubicle job. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to do have to be all things to all people mm-hmm. for maybe six months or a year or maybe even two years just to kind of get in the game, mm-hmm. get some revenue going and mm-hmm. and figure out what kind of business you're right. even in. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes on and maybe you have a home cleaning service and you're like, you know what? But I've done everything from like single family homes to apartment mm-hmm. complexes to car dealerships to to uh, hospitals or whatever. And it's like now I really have figured out that I am the best in my market mm-hmm. at at cleaning apartment complexes when mm-hmm. they go vacant and and getting that that unit ready. Mm-hmm. I can make the most mm-hmm. money at that. I'm better at that than anybody, and my crews is good at mm-hmm. that. And I'm going to double down and go all in on just that mm-hmm. one thing. And then after the first year, maybe you can say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I we don't we can't we don't do residential cleaning. Mm-hmm. We only do multifamily. Mm-hmm. And uh, but here are three or four other people that do that. If you ha- hear of any multifamily mm-hmm. work, please send it my way. And then you can really focus on that mm-hmm. one niche and that. And that one thing and be the best in your market mm-hmm. at that. So it's like, I think a mistake is, 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 is new entrepreneurs are like, nope, this is the only thing I'm doing. And I'm not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And then, and they don't, they don't get any traction on that. Right. Cause they, they, they didn't even really know. And then it's frustrating and they quit. They quit. That's mm-hmm. right. So first year you kind of have to be all things to mm-hmm. all people to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. And then, but as time goes on, you mm-hmm. starting, you're starting to measure and observe that, I'm able to keep this type of customer mm-hmm. longer. I'm able to make more profit and mm-hmm. margin on this type of use case. I can. I know how to market it. I know how mm-hmm. to talk these people's language. I have a better value proposition mm-hmm. in this type of use case. Then you double down and you build mm-hmm. the processes around that one type of use mm-hmm. case. And and so it's like you come out the gate, all things, all people. And then as time goes mm-hmm. on, you're the best in the business at this right. one thing. Right. That's that's how it's unfolded for mm-hmm. me over 20 years mm-hmm. of 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 starting two businesses right. from scratch. It's like nail it, then scale it. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. You know, I, I have a friend who did the same thing. He um, was a contractor. You know, you wanted something done, he would do it, you know, anything and everything, um, you know, and, and now he did kind of focus on residential, but I mean, that's still a huge market. As time went on and, and, and he has now found his niche. And I mean, it's, it's a fabulous niche. He only does and and it's like you said he has other people he refers to if he can't do this which is fabulous because then you're not turning business away right you're helping so it's kind of that win-win situation but he now only does insurance repairs that's right and he said you know there's he discovered you know several things with that first of all it's very limited in scope right you know if you know insurance company will pay for a b and c and, and, and he gets paid by the insurance company, you know, and, and, or, you know, he gets that check. And, and so, right. you know, that's, that's a very fixed rate. He goes in, he quotes it. He says, you know, we will do this for this. If the homeowner wants something different, then he can decide, okay, we're going to do this. So, you know, maybe it's that they, you know, their, their kitchen flooded insurance is going to pay for, you know, a basic level of repair, but they want the granite countertops and, and the fancy things. Well, then he can decide, okay, we're going to do this. But, you know, here's here's the difference to the homeowner, um, you know, and, and so that's really given him flexibility. But it really is, you know, his his market is very small and very finite and he is very 
busy. I mean, that yes. was the other thing was once he found that niche and he became very good in that niche, people knew to turn to him. You know, they didn't just call anybody and say, oh, hey, can you do this? They knew, call this guy. Yep. And he probably learned that after being all things to all people mm -hmm. for a year mm -hmm. or two. Yep. Like I'll build, I'll build your deck. I'll fix mm -hmm. your garage door. I'll build your doghouse mm -hmm. if you want it. You know, it's like you, you learn these things as, mm -hmm. but you got to get in the game. You got to mm -hmm. get in the trenches. Mm -hmm. You have to get in there and figure these things mm -hmm. out. That's the only way you learn mm -hmm. anything. You want to learn real estate investing? Go do real estate mm -hmm. investing. You want to learn how to how to build a service-based business, mm -hmm. start a service-based business. Mm -hmm. Like that's the only way to learn this stuff is to get in there mm -hmm. and actually start doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's I, I, I see this a lot where folks will will just spend a year just reading every book and listening mm -hmm. to every podcast and going to conferences and never actually do anything. Right. Because they're and scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, that's when things get real. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it, when your service or product touches mm -hmm. its first customer, mm -hmm. that's what, that's the only moment when it actually becomes real. It's, mm -hmm. it's like nothing else matters until you get something mm -hmm. in the hands of customers right. and start figuring it out from that feedback. Mm -hmm. um, everything else is just almost like a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And as simple advice as that sounds, this is the mistake that most people, including mm -hmm. myself, make is they hide behind the computer screen. Mm -hmm. They hide behind whatever it is they think is is like is 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 actually getting them closer mm -hmm. to their goals. When in fact, it's like get in the ring mm -hmm. and start and start like sparring, start mm -hmm. fighting, because right. nothing else matters until then. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and what's really important is exactly what you said. You you have to start. And it will not be perfect. You know, you mentioned that, you know, you, you spent a lot of time learning and you still do, I'm sure, you know, from, from, you know, I, I, I everybody thinks, well, what if we fail? Well, you know, so, <laughs> you know, and, and obviously there are things like, you know, don't mortgage your house. Yeah, right, <laughs> you right, know, there's, right. there's a lot of key things that you need to, to do on this, but at the same point, we all need to learn from our failures, um, yes, you know, and, that's right. And it's just, yeah, you know, it, it, that's the only way to get any better. You don't have to go for broke mm -hmm. and you don't have to, like you said, mortgage your home. Mm -hmm. And if this doesn't work, I'm, I'm destitute. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not like all in or all out. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's both. You, mm -hmm. you can literally like give yourself a, a safety net mm -hmm. and, and, and not have, like, if it doesn't work, you're not mm -hmm. like destitute. And, mm -hmm. and, and, but on, on top of that, the only way to learn is from that experiential mm -hmm. wisdom. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of like uh, a couple of things that, that, that have occurred to me in the last two or three years. I've, I've tried to learn two things. I've tried to learn uh, MMA, like Muay Thai fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a coach uh, that teaches me Muay Thai boxing. Mm -hmm. And then I've also tried to learn salsa dancing. And so these are two. Oh, now that's about as opposite as you can get. <laughs> right. It's, these are two skills that, that I've spent the last two or three years practicing. And there's one thing I've learned from both of them. It's like the only way to learn how to fight is to mm -hmm. spar. And right. the only way to learn how to a martial art is to get in there and spar with an mm -hmm. opponent. Mm -hmm. You can read all the books mm -hmm. and you can and you can watch all the stuff on YouTube, but when it comes down to like getting in the ring, you right. better have had some sparring. Mm -hmm. And so Yeah, and yeah, when somebody hits you, it gets real, right? That's right. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the nose. Mike Tyson. And so mm -hmm. and so and and then the only way to learn how to uh, something like salsa dancing mm -hmm. is to actually get mm -hmm. on the floor and and try it. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, you you've taken the classes, you've watched the stuff on YouTube and you have some technical like training, but the only time it comes together is when you get on mm -hmm. the floor and try it. 
And, and so what's the cost of failure? Well, you look like an idiot, but you can still get back out there and right. try again. Mm-hmm. And business is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get out there and you fail on a small stage mm-hmm. over and over and over again, and that's okay. You just keep mm-hmm. going. You're not ruined for it. Mm-hmm. But the only, the only moment in which you're going to learn is when your service or your product mm-hmm. touches the customer's hands, mm-hmm. and then they tell you everywhere you suck. That's the that's how you learn, right. and, mm-hmm. and it's kind of, it'd be kind of like going into an MMA fight, mm-hmm. never having sparred. Ooh. It, is how a lot of people try to start mm-hmm. a business. And then when they're on the floor, going uncle. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That's how mm-hmm. it's going to end every time. Mm-hmm. So 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 get something in the hands of customers. Mm-hmm. Get feedback, and however like humbling it is, that's okay. It's mm-hmm. not what you're getting; it's what you're becoming. Mm-hmm through the process. And, and that's how you get into the game. And that's how you get through that first year or two, because mm-hmm. those are going to be the hardest. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it is, there is a point where you do have to kind of jump. Um, I remember when I started my business, which is wise women communications. Oh my gosh. Like 25 years ago. Um, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was great. I found a need of, you know, all those various things, but I kept my day job. Right now, part of it was I loved what I was doing. I was a lobbyist. That was very different world, especially 25 years ago. Um, you know, and and but I loved what I was doing. More importantly, I really, really liked the people that I worked with and worked for. Um, you know, and and but I had this kind of side thing going and and all of this. And I met with a business consultant, and you know, and she told me some some really good things. But the thing she told me was I had jumped off the diving board and then was hanging by my fingernails. And until I let go, the business was not going to be successful. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and I mean, that having the conversation with the guys and telling them that I was leaving was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Because yeah. like I said, I liked them. I liked what I was doing. And they were very supportive. I mean, you know, they were, they were like, oh my gosh, oh, we're so sorry to see you go. But what can we do to help you be successful? Um, you know, and, and but and sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. But I think we've seen that a lot, especially during the pandemic, with people who kind of started the side gigs or, you know, they had the hobby and people started paying them for whatever they were doing as the hobby. Now, I mean, there are certainly a lot of people who do multiple things at the same time. But if you really want something to be successful, at some point, as my dad would have said, you have to to either fish or cut bait. Um, you yeah. know, you can't just keep thinking, I'm just going to do a little bit. If you know, if you only want to do a little bit, obviously that's what you want to do. But if you really want to do this, then you have to be all in. I agree, and and uh, it's uh, there's a motto that I like is leverage, don't leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, leverage leverage the last year, two, three years mm-hmm. of experience and maybe a right. little bit of money that you've put mm-hmm. up. Like, like, like you said, you went nights and weekends for a while before mm-hmm. you went all in. I mm-hmm. think that's smart. I think it's mm-hmm. smart to, to, to do that and test the waters a mm-hmm. little bit for a year or two right. mm-hmm. before you quit your day job, mm-hmm. before you quit the full-time gig. My mm-hmm. two co-founders did that when we started GreenPal mm-hmm. for three years. It was, they were nights and weekends mm-hmm. until we put up a little bit enough money to where we felt comfortable mm-hmm. with them quitting their jobs. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's like in so many things in business, it's not or. It's like, oh, you just jump off the, mm-hmm. the cliff and hope to build the airplane on right. the way down. It's it's like uh, maybe maybe you you hedge your bet a little mm-hmm. bit and you de-risk it a little bit mm-hmm. by going part time for a while mm-hmm. and set a set, set like a cutoff like mm-hmm. okay if I don't go all in by by twelve months from now eighteen mm-hmm. months from now then I'm not going to do it right and 
set a goal with the timeline, mm-hmm. but but do leverage the the time maybe where your nights and weekends mm-hmm. on the thing, and maybe put, you know give yourself some breathing room, put mm-hmm. some money away because mm-hmm. you're gonna need you're gonna need some money to sustain right. yourself. Do whatever it is you can to 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 get that done. Like it's almost mm-hmm. as if your life depended on it, mm-hmm. because you're going to have to buy you some breathing room. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks are are just stuck because they you know they've got you know credit card debt or house mm-hmm. or house mortgage or car loans and things of that sort, and they they have to have a full time job mm-hmm. just to just to keep it all afloat. There's going to be like an intense period of time where you're going to have to like really really mm-hmm. put in the work to buy yourself some breathing room, like your life depended mm-hmm. on it. Then you can. You can let you can make right. the big jump, let mm-hmm. let go of the diving board, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, it's not like this thing where you just jump off the cliff. There's there's there is there is preparation leading mm-hmm. up to that leaping. Right. Moment. You you know what's down below. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Leverage, don't leap. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, you leap, you, you know, you know, you already know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna be even more bitter and in, in, in a bigger hole than you're in mm-hmm. now. So so it's like, yeah, you have to have the courage. But you also need to really lay the groundwork for whatever it is you're mm-hmm. trying to do and set yourself a goal and a timeline to get there to the starting point. Right. You know, and, and I have kind of a sad feeling about what's going to happen in maybe the next year or so, because we had so many people because of the pandemic that, you know, either voluntarily or not voluntarily left their jobs. And, and they thought, OK, I'm going to start my own business. I'm good at X, you know, whether it was a product or a service. And the problem was they had to make it work right away, um, you know. And and so I think I think we're going to see that a lot of people have gotten, as you were saying, a lot of debt that they have racked up. More importantly, I think a lot of them didn't actually understand what it takes to run a small business. You know, some of the some of the just basics. You know, incorporating. Um, you know, uh, I, I still have people that I deal with, you know, and, and it always kind of amazes me, but I understand, you know, and they're usually small type of businesses who say, just write me a check and write it to my name. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know? um, which, you know, okay, whatever. Um, and my tax attorney would just have a conniption fit if he, you know, every, you know, but, but, you know, and, and yeah, taxes, I mean, all of those various things. And know some of the other basics. I mean, you know, are you? How are you going to invoice people? What is your pricing even going to be? I mean, right. you know, just all of those things that, as we've kind of done this, you know, as as you and I did, kind of the part time ish type of things, we had all of that in place. Then when we had to say, okay, now it's time, we knew what we were leaping into. Right, right, and and you know it's it's at times in the in the journey having your back against the wall is a good mm-hmm. thing, and and a lot of these folks you know are going to come up against that moment, but mm-hmm. but I'm always just baffled as to like we're not taught how to start a business or how to run a business mm-hmm. anywhere in mm-hmm. school or college. Even right. if you go to business school in college, mm-hmm. you're not taught mm-hmm. things like customer no. service, time management. They, they don't even, you know, they don't teach people how to open a bank account. And, Basic and, bookkeeping, yeah. what mm-hmm. any of this stuff is or means. It's mm-hmm. like you're always indoctrinated like by fire. And and, mm-hmm. and so, and so like if you're willing to learn it, the mm-hmm. good news is you can learn anything, especially mm-hmm. today. You know, when I was starting my first business in the late 90s, we didn't have YouTube University. Mm-hmm. We didn't, the, uh, no podcast ever existed mm-hmm. anywhere. Right. Uh, we didn't have blogs. Oh, I started before there were really, I started almost before the internet. Oh my gosh. There you go. <laughs> 20 year overnight success. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's like, you know, the, the, the point is, is, is that 
in business, you're going to be doing three things at once, particularly mm-hmm. in the in the early years. You're going to be working in the business. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be make, you know just wrangling everything, mm-hmm. making sure everything happens. You're going to be working on the business. Mm-hmm. You're going to be trying to build the processes and the routines, mm-hmm. and then you're going to be working on yourself, mm-hmm. which is learning things like basic bookkeeping, right. mm-hmm. learning things like maybe you want to test Facebook ads and what mm-hmm. that means and how to pop up a Facebook campaign. You're going to be learning things like basic management, basic mm-hmm. leadership, uh, learning. things things like around uh, how to how to how to figure out what your value proposition mm-hmm. is and how to understand how to do basic copywriting and so you're going to be working in the business mm-hmm. on the business and on yourself mm-hmm. for the for a long time mm-hmm. and, and and making gains in all of these buckets and that's how you kind of go from mm-hmm. zero to now I have something right. I've got a profitable little mm-hmm. business going and uh, I think it just comes down to just are you willing to do it do mm-hmm. the work and uh, do the work on yourself and mm-hmm. make the sacrifices and the ones that are will make it, and the ones mm-hmm. that aren't will have to go back to their right. employer. Right. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see in you know a year ish, all of these job vacancies will get filled. Um, yeah, yeah, know. they will. Mm-hmm. And and we had a grand experiment within mm-hmm. in, in in terms of uh, universal basic income mm-hmm. uh, in this country, and I don't think it. I don't think it played out as well as we mm-hmm. thought it would. You know, right. like you know, at the end of the day, people need to feel and want mm-hmm. to be productive. And, and, uh, and so I think you're right. We'll go back to a mm-hmm. sense of normalcy. It's a weird time right mm-hmm. now though. Oh it's, yeah. I mean, have you been to the grocery store? Everything's a hundred dollars. I know. I know. I have to go this afternoon. I'm like, <laughs> you know, is my credit card going to go on me? Um, it's crazy. You know, and, and that is, you know, I, I think that's, it, it is, it's going to take a little bit longer. It has been very interesting to, to watch yeah, and, and it to really see. has. Um, you know, because we have seen so many people that have gone off and, and done their own things. Um, you know, it, I always kind of laugh when people say, you know, oh, I can't find a job. Really? McDonald's is hiring uh, at 20 bucks an hour. Um, uh, it my, almost my, makes you think, oh, I'm going to go work at McDonald's. My, um, hot, my hot water heater went out. And uh, so I have spent all morning calling plumbers. And, and every one of them cannot get to me for two right. weeks. Oh, I know. And, and, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them said, we, we had a, had a, had a, a phone answering mm-hmm. service said it's going to be 23 minutes for somebody can get to you. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a big bottleneck in terms mm-hmm. of, of, of demand and supply mm-hmm. right now. It will level out, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's funny to see how this experiment has, yeah. has taken. Oh yeah. You know, and, and I think this is a time where, you know, whatever age you are, but for a lot of people in their, you know, late teens, twenties, absolutely have, have got to be thinking about trade school. Um, you know, it's, I mean, hello, you're a great example, but absolutely, you know, I, I heard on the, the news this morning that we are short 60,000 truck drivers in the yep. United States. Yep. And, 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 here, and, yeah. and here's the thing. Um, I know so many millionaires mm-hmm. that are in the landscaping business. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you and, and and these are folks that have spent 10 mm-hmm. or 15 or 20 years just mowing mm-hmm. yards. Yeah. And they and they take the money that they spent that they mm-hmm. make in the, in this in this trade mm-hmm. and they put it in the more durable sources mm-hmm. of income like right. real estate real and estate, investments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 just that simple mm-hmm. thing of 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 provide a, pro, mm-hmm. a service in mm-hmm. terms of a trade, whether it be mm-hmm. a plumber or a roofer, mm-hmm. and provide that at a at a mm-hmm. profitable margin. Mm-hmm. Take that money, put it to work right. in real estate. That's just a winning mm-hmm. a winning mm-hmm. strategy to be be financially independent oh, in ten yeah. years. Yeah. Not hard to do. No. 
Well, you know, like the the truck driver thing. I mean, they were talking about minimum salaries that were over sixty thousand a year, and yes. a lot of these kids. And you know, it was it was a news story, but they were talking about a specific training school. They said most of those kids have job offers before they ever even finish, so they're not even having to go out to look for jobs. The employers are coming to them. Um, you know, and and you know, and for some people, you might not want to do whatever it is for the rest of your life. But it's a good thing to get you from here to there. When um, I was mowing grass, uh, you know, and, and when I was a teenager and all through college, mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to be a lawn guy the rest of my mm-hmm. life. But I saw a lane that if I could right. just make this two or three or four times mm-hmm. bigger than it was, that, mm-hmm. that I could build something meaningful. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's there's correlation between the mm-hmm. least glamorous your idea, mm-hmm. the least sexy it is, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, the greater your chances of success. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of folks don't want to get started in a business because they don't want to be seen at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And this is something relatively new uh, in the last 10 or 15 years with mm-hmm. social media. They don't want to be seen at the bottom by their peers. Mm-hmm. And, and and we have a, a tremendously fast feedback loop in terms mm-hmm. of social media. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. These days it didn't exist when I was first getting started. Mm-hmm. And so I think that fear of being seen at the bottom and mm-hmm. being seen doing something that is not prestigious or glamorous. Mm-hmm holds a lot of people mm-hmm. up to, to getting started in something that, mm-hmm. that could free them right. from, from the job mm-hmm. that they hate to go to every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it really is a lot of it, as you were saying, was the perception. You know, they, yeah. they don't want to be the person who gets, you know, dirt under their nails every day and, right. and does all of this. But, you know, it's, it, you know, that, that person with the dirt under their nails goes and gets in their jag and drives home. <laughs> you know, it's like, hmm, well, maybe, um, but, you know, and, and so true. it's, yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I have college degrees. I, you know, support that, all those things, but, you know, it, it is one of those things where you need to think about it. And, and, and I think as a society, we've gotten into that, oh my gosh, you have to go get a four-year degree. You have to come out with a boatload of debt. You have to, you know, have all these things. And, you know, so many, now things have changed a lot from, from when I was in college. My undergrad degree is in social sciences. Nice. Yeah, you do diddly <laughs> squat with a degree like that, um, you know. And 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 now you know you can get college degrees in very very specific areas, which I love. You know, I'm like, wow, you get a degree in that. Um, but at the same point, is as you were saying, you know, there's all that other stuff that has to come in there. You know, how to start the business, how to 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 do all of those things. And, you know, it'd be nice if schools combined all of that. So you would have kind of this overarching educational system. Hey, let's start a new business. We, we got this, Brian. We can, we can start this new business. Um, it's going to be an overarching education, right? It's going to teach them everything they need to know. And, and some will come out and have dirt under their f- fingernails every day, and some will be bank presidents. But, you know, whatever it is, they, they'll know, you know how to get from A to B to C to D. Yeah, I think I think most in most cases, college and the and decision to go to university is is in most cases a consumption decision, not an mm-hmm. investment decision. And right. so it's it's in most cases it's not an investment in yourself mm-hmm. and in your career. It's 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 four years of an mm-hmm. experience and 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 to party and goof mm-hmm. off. In ninety percent of the examples that I observe. Mm-hmm. And it's particularly when I went and you to get college. degrees in social science. <laughs> yeah, I, I went. I went to school. Uh, I went to college just because I, I felt like I had to. Mm-hmm. But I was still growing my business at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I, re- I remember really clear, like my friends were all joining fraternities and mm-hmm. they all wanted to like have the, the, the fraternity like mm-hmm. experience in school. And I remember telling one of them, I said, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to build this business. And they were like, well, well, because I'm in this fraternity, I'll have all these business connections. And, right. uh-huh. and, I, and I said, listen, I'm going to build this business. I promise you'll never catch me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of an arrogant thing to say, but that's how it unfolded. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they, these guys never caught me because when mm-hmm. I graduated college, I had a, I had a company. That you had a paycheck that. coming in, I a had, big I paycheck. Was, mm-hmm. I was doing 700 grand a year in revenue and, mm-hmm. and, and no, they never, they never caught me. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think a lot of times if you, if now, if you're going to not go to college and not do anything mm-hmm. with those four or five years, you're mm-hmm. probably better off going to college. At least you have something. Mm-hmm. But if if you're going to, instead of going to college, mm-hmm. maybe go to YouTube university mm-hmm. and learn something like, mm-hmm. like conversion rate optimization mm-hmm. and build a boutique marketing agency mm-hmm. around conversion right. rate optimization. Mm-hmm. I promise your peers mm-hmm. will never catch you. If mm-hmm. you spend four years just in that one thing mm-hmm. and build a build an agency just in mm-hmm. that one thing and really work your butt off, mm-hmm. you you'll you'll be set. Mm-hmm. And so that's 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 kind of decision, you know, when when it comes time to like are, am I gonna spend four or five years in college? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not gonna do anything, go to college. Mm-hmm. But if it's gonna be I'm gonna start a business, mm-hmm. start the business. Because mm-hmm. you'll learn more starting the right. business. And you know, if you are in college, be thinking about what it is that you're going to do. I mean, you know, and, and it's it's always interesting to me when I talk to a junior and they tell me their major is undeclared. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? And now yeah. I can understand maybe as a freshman, you don't know. And so, you know, you take your math, you take your English, you take all of those those things and you get them out of the way. But yeah, by the time, by the time you're a sophomore, you should know what you're doing and you should be taking classes that are specifically going to get you towards that, that you know, that uh, career. And add to it, you know, maybe you are getting a degree in, in one thing, but you're going to take some business classes. Um, I agree. You know, I agree and, 100%. And, yeah, and, and one other thing I'll add on top, and it says in this same vein of, of kind of discussion is that, is that there's this myth, I think that's being perpetuated right now that your twenties are just a decade of self-discovery mm-hmm. and don't worry and about it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't worry about it. And like, nobody had it figured out in their twenties. Mm-hmm. And, and this just kind of just let the time pass and figure out who you are. And maybe that's true, but in my experience, no, mm-hmm. like your twenties is, is you've got to build a foundation mm-hmm. to where your thirties and forties are going to mm-hmm. take you in your twenties. Right. If not, you're going to wake up, you know, 35 years old and, and just be getting mm-hmm. started. Right. And, and, and this, this game is exhausting. Mm-hmm. You really need to spend your twenties laying the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Anybody listening to this is in your twenties. You really need to mm-hmm. be laying the groundwork for how you're going to like get to get to mm-hmm. third and fourth base on mm-hmm. in your thirties and forties. And, uh, like, no, don't listen to the, to the common belief that like mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, not to pick on like Gary Vaynerchuk or some of these other people, but they're selling you a myth. They're mm-hmm. selling you something that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is, is that, is that no, your, your twenties are mm-hmm. an important decade to lay the, the groundwork right. for whatever the heck it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and not to sound like the old curmudgeon, that's also when you need to be saving, you know, and, and right. doing all of those and things, you know, and, and because yeah, you know, then, I mean, that's why we are seeing people in their fifties and sixties who are able to retire. That's right. They started investing when they were young. That's right. Um, you know, and, and I mean, you know, can you catch up? Well, it depends. I mean, you know, it Maybe. depends on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for so many people, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to see 
what they're doing and, and how they're doing. And I have a, a, a young friend who, you know, I keep, I, you know, I, I don't have kids. And so I always keep telling him, remember me. Hello. Remember me. <laughs> um, and, you know, nicest, sweetest uh, young man in the world. But I mean, he started selling things. I've talked about him on the program before he started selling things on eBay when he was like six years old. I mean, yes. he was one of those type of yes. people. He started in traditional business school. I mean, it was, you know, and, and, and he went, oh, this is not for me because it was far too restrictive. And so he's now doing all sorts of other things. Um, and, but he's still taking online classes. And, you know, if anything, you know, there were obviously lots of bad things with the pandemic, but a lot of good things. I mean, one of the best things that has come out of the pandemic is the ability for online learning far more than we were ever doing before. Um, you That's know, right. and, and I have a friend that said she took classes from Harvard just to say she took classes from Harvard. Um, but, you know, to, to be able to, to, you know, maybe it's not going to lead to a degree, but to pick and choose from all these different universities throughout the world and, and take a class here and there. I mean, you know, maybe you want to do something that's international. Fine. Take some classes in some, you know, some either international studies or from some actual international type of, of universities and, and be doing that. And, and again, thinking, okay, here I am 18, 19, 20 years old. What do I want to really be when I'm in my fifties and sixties? I still don't want to be, you know, having to to grind every day. I want to be able to enjoy myself. Yes. Let that scare you. Um, Mm -hmm. and that, and that that always scared me when I was, Mm In, in my in my early twenties, when I was at, you know working fourteen hours a day mowing yards, I let that mm-hmm. I let that fear of twenty years from now mm-hmm. I'm still going to be doing this same thing mm-hmm. scare me into making decisions like right. investing in real estate, mm-hmm. inve- investing in others, and there's mm-hmm. such a smaller companies in terms of of equities, and and so that is enabled me. I retired mm-hmm. at the age of thirty three, mm-hmm. and I didn't have to work anymore, and so that's and that's what enabled me to start Green Pal was mm-hmm. now I want to do the company I really want right. to build. Because I spent 15 mm-hmm. years doing things I didn't necessarily like doing, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's lost on on a lot of folks getting started now. And and the other thing is, you know, to your point in terms of online learning, you can learn any skill you mm-hmm. need to learn online now. Right. You know, and, and from I anywhere. Re- I mean, I take LinkedIn classes, yes. you know, or classes yes. on LinkedIn. I should yes. say that yes. aren't about LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. Yes, but but let's say let's say you wanted to learn how to uh, how to be the best marketer on mm-hmm. TikTok, you know, and and you could learn mm-hmm. how to do that. You yep. you could if you spent a year doing that mm-hmm. versus five years going to a traditional school, mm-hmm. you will be more valuable right. in terms of actual skills mm-hmm. that you can sell to start a business or mm-hmm. or or start an agency for. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's time better spent. Mm-hmm. And and now nowadays, like what a great time to be alive! Mm-hmm. You can learn any of these things mm-hmm. from people who are doing it right. uh, for for. Very, very, mm-hmm. for in most cases, free mm-hmm. or for, for what you spent on, mm-hmm. on Uber Eats last week. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and to be able to do it virtually, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm one of these, I, I, part of the reason I do this podcast is because I get to learn every single time. Um, you know, there, every guest I have, I, I learn something from, and, and so it's so much fun over the, you know, I think your program 724 ish, you know, so I've been doing this a while awesome. and, um, you know, but, but I like that process. Um, and so I've been thinking about, there's a, a it's a relatively new type of program it's a law degree, but it's business focused and Ooh, you like don't pass a bar. I mean, you're not practicing law, but you're learning business law and it's all virtual. 
Um, Ooh, I like you that. know, and, and so, you know, it's, it's just to kind of, you know, I've signed up, I've get, I get the emails from a couple of places and, and all sorts of things, but yeah, I mean, these are world renowned programs that I could participate in and, you know, do it from this chair. Yes. Yes. And, and, and in, in business, you're going to have to be good, like 80, 20 good at a dozen things mm-hmm. and law and, and legal is mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, you're going to have to be, you're going to need to like come pretty close to getting a law degree mm-hmm. if you're going to be in business for yourself mm-hmm. in terms of of learning just the basic in and outs of mm-hmm. how to be a consumer of legal services. Mm-hmm. And, and so like the, that kind of thing is awesome to me that you can take three months, six months mm-hmm. and get 80% mm-hmm. good at law right. and, and never have to go to law school. Mm-hmm. And you can do that same thing for accounting. You do the same thing for marketing, for copywriting, mm-hmm. for, for leadership, mm-hmm. for management. To be to make it in business and build mm-hmm. an eight-figure company, you're going to have to be pretty good at all mm-hmm. of these things. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and the other thing that, that business owners really have to get good at, and I tell them you need to get good at this early, is delegating. That's right. Um, you know, and 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 that's the hard part, especially when you're starting out. You know, you you know this. It's you know, first of all, you think I'm the only one that can do it. You know, I'm the only one that can do it right. That's the other key. Um, and you know, plus you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to pay somebody to do. This. Well, you know, you don't always have to pay. There's barters, but sometimes it is better to pay somebody who is the expert. Or even just free up your time. Um, I, I operate on what I call the 15-minute principle. If it's going to take me longer than 15 minutes to do something, then I should hire it done. Um, right. You know, I'm big on, I love tinkering on websites. And, and we build websites. My, my company does. But I like tinkering and, and doing. But if it's a project that's going to take me longer than 15 minutes, I need to hire somebody else to do it. Because it's not a good use of my time. And so that's the thing. I'm I'm spending money to make money, um, yeah. and you know, and and, and delegating is hard. I mean, you know, I have a producer for this this podcast, and she's absolutely fabulous. We're you know getting ready to start our fourth year, I think, of of working together, and she does everything she does. I could do everything she does. I did do, but she frees up probably two or three hours a week of my time doing those things. Um, you know, and and was it hard? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um just to like I said, to give away that control. Oh ah. yeah. um but, but yeah, you, I mean you, that's that is part of what we learn as we go is it's okay for somebody else to do it. You did you hit on something, something that you have done, you mm-hmm. know, you, you is what you delegate. And that's the thing I think a lot of folks skip is they delegate from uh, abdication. It's like mm-hmm. I don't understand how to do this. Mm-hmm. You handle it. Usually that's a recipe mm-hmm. for disaster. You right. kind of you have to delegate from stewardship, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. this is how I do it. This is mm-hmm. why we do it this way. This is the process I want you to mm-hmm. follow. Here's the checklist. Mm-hmm. Here's what I expect for you to deliver. Right. Here's how long mm-hmm. it should take and how long it should mm-hmm. cost. You handle it. Mm-hmm. That's how you delegate. Right. And, and I have mm-hmm. made that mistake so many times. Mm-hmm. When you delegate too soon, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then and then and then we have scars and we mm-hmm. delegate too late. Mm-hmm. And that just costs us time yep. and, and progress. Oh yeah. Uh, Three books on delegation, uh, and, and this stuff's really hard. But three books that that you should read, or that I, that I should probably reread. Everybody should read is is the E Myth by Michael Gerber. Mm-hmm. That's all that book is about: is mm-hmm. developing systems, mm-hmm. processes, and how to mm-hmm. delegate. Um, the Four Hour Work Week by mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss. That book is not about 
working four hours a week. Mm-hmm. The book is about processes and systems and routines mm-hmm. and how to delegate. And then Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by mm-hmm. Dr. Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. There's a whole chapter in that book about what it means to, to develop stewardship mm-hmm. delegation and not de- delegation by abdication. Right. Right. Those are three books mm-hmm. that, that, that have helped me understand mm-hmm. this is how you delegate the mm-hmm. right way. And I've still done it wrong, usually 75% of the mm-hmm. time. But but I when I get it right, it's a big level up. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, and it is hard if it's something you don't know, like accounting. Um, yeah. You know, I trust that my accountant is going to do everything that she's supposed to do. Um, you know, and and it seems like she does. So you know, <laughs> but but we all have have you know, and 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 a big part of it is as you said, you have to know what you want. Um, you know, when That's I right. when I have have hired VAs before. It hasn't, you know, I, I, you know, just said, go, do, mm-hmm. and they had, you know, bless their, you know, we live in the South, right? Bless their hearts. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, without direction, they did not do what I wanted. And then of course I was annoyed. Well, why didn't they do this? Well, you know, yep. hello. Um, and, but when I hired my current producer, I had a job description. Just like I would if I was in a multi-gazillion dollar company, there was a job description. There were tasks that were laid out. I said, you know, here are templates that I have used. You may, you know, change them, to, you know, but here are the basics that have to go in. I mean, you know, all of those various things. And so she was able to go, oh, okay, I can do this. I, I interviewed multiple people. Um, you know, and, and all sorts of things. And so they, I was comparing apples and apples, um, but she did a really good thing. I, you know, I obviously love my producer. She was the only one afterwards who sent me an email. Now they all you know, sent emails. Thank you very much. Blah, blah, blah. They were trained. You know, we all know we're supposed to do that. She gave suggestions to make improvements. Yes. And I loved that. I that thought, proactive. okay, this woman has initiative, right. um, you know, and, and so that was, was fabulous, but yeah, it's just, you know, delegating is one of the hardest things we do as a business owner, because, you know, we don't want to lose that control. We think we're the only ones who know how to do it and we don't want to spend the money on it. Right. Yeah. And it ends up costing you money. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that, you know, if you're at six figures, you want to get to mm-hmm. seven, or if you want to, if you're at seven mm-hmm. figures, you want to get to eight. A lot of, a lot of what's holding mm-hmm founders and CEOs mm-hmm. and company owners back is is the ability to build out teams and mm-hmm. delegate to people right. around them. Right. And uh, these days, it's it's in a way easier mm-hmm. than ever mm-hmm. because you can externalize what it is you mm-hmm. want and your thoughts and, and your mm-hmm. expectations better than ever and record them. Mm-hmm. Like something I use a lot is Loom, loom.com. And it's mm-hmm. just a screen, it's just a screen recording mm-hmm. piece of software. And so mm-hmm. like when I'm hiring a VA or mm-hmm. hiring a new chief of content or hiring a new SEO mm-hmm. lead or something like that, I'll just for, for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. just be on my screen talking mm-hmm. as if I'm talking to my ideal candidate and ah. explaining mm-hmm. this is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And in screen sharing, you see this, this is not mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. And this is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And here's a YouTube video I watched mm-hmm. that kind of lays it out. You know, it's like literally just externalizing all these things and mm-hmm. Loom will capture all of that. Mm-hmm. And then you can share that with, with half a dozen people and, mm-hmm. and they can kind of get dialed into mm-hmm. what the process is. And so there's so many more tools today that make this stuff mm-hmm. easier. Whereas in 1998, or 2005, mm-hmm. how would you even go about doing that? Right. You would literally have to like type this stuff mm-hmm. out on Microsoft Word and or we hand it wrote it, Ugh. yeah, and put it mm-hmm. in a three ring binder and mm-hmm. give them the binder. Literally, mm-hmm. that's how that these days that stuff's asinine. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier these mm-hmm. days than it's ever been. Right, you know, and and then you add in other things of technology like 
what we're doing here. You know, we're, right. we're able to, to connect. I mean, now we're not that far apart. Um, we're really only about a four hour car drive apart. So, you know, but, um, you know, I've, I interview people from around the world, right? We can work with people around the world. I mean, yep. you know, technology has made things so different even than they were just five years ago. Part of that is the pandemic. Um, you know, everything was forced to accelerate very quickly, but it's it's great, you know, and, and it's it's a great time from a business perspective because you can, you can hire people from around the world, um, you know, and, and it's, depending on your business, you might need to because you yeah. might need to be a 24-7 type of business. Um, you know, you operate in in, you know, many, many states. And so you're able to do that because of technology. That's right. Yeah. And, and in small, I think every business, small, medium, mm-hmm. and large is going to have to start thinking like a tech startup. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're just like, you know, I mentioned I couldn't get a plumber earlier. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a plumbing company and, and, and you're trying to figure out how to market your services mm-hmm. better, you need to start thinking like a tech mm-hmm. company. You need to start thinking about, okay, I have to hire a chief mm-hmm. social media marketer mm-hmm. and I have to hire a, a chief uh, SEO strategist mm-hmm. and I have to hire a, you know, and you can hire these people from anywhere around the mm-hmm. world, but even if you're just a plumber, you're going to have to start thinking like a mm-hmm. tech company in terms of what technology you're putting in right. the business. That's the world we live in today. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to start accelerating more and more. And oh more. yeah. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Well, oh my gosh, Brian, we're at the top of the hour. This has been so much fun. Um, I just, I love hearing about how you went from nothing to this very large company, um, you know, and, 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 and it wasn't overnight. I mean, I think that's the, the key for everybody to remember. But if they want to learn more about your company, how do they do that? And then how do they connect with you? Yeah, life's too short to cut your own grass. Uh, you know, especially if you're in business, you don't need to be mowing your yard. So just download Green Pal in the App Store or Play Store. You get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service in a couple of minutes. Uh, anybody who wants to get at me, I put all of my effort in social on Instagram. Okay. Just hit me up there, Brian M. Clayton. Drop me a DM there and I'll hit mm-hmm. you back. And Brian has a Y in it, B-R-Y-A-N. Correct. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I I love it. This is has been great. Do you have any final thoughts for everyone? Uh, you know, uh, I saw a quote the other day that I really liked, so I'll share it with you. Uh, it was an interview with Mike Tyson, and he says, uh, "Do what you hate, but do it like you love it." And mm-hmm. and he was talking about the rigorous training that that he the routine that he went through and how he became the best in the world and and he said it's because he did what he hated but he did it like he loved it he got mm-hmm. up at four a.m. and jogged every morning and did the hundred sit ups and did the five hours of training a day and so a lot of times in business you know there's all of these things that we hate to do for me particularly in the early days was it was a cold outreach to journalists and PR I hated doing it uh, but still did a hundred a day for like mm-hmm. years and years and years. And and so and so reframing that task that you hate doing but do it like you love it uh can help you just get through that grind that we all go through as business owners. Perfect. I love it. What a final wonderful thought to to leave with. I'm Deb, Deb Creer. Forgot my own name there for a second. I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a great conversation with Brian Clayton of Green Pal. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.